isolated. Skirtle here. Oh, yes! Welcome to Manchester United, Anthony Martial! Here comes Sanchez. Pogba trying to get in again. He's in again. He scores again. What a comeback by Manchester United. Driven by Paul Pogba. Breaks here for Bruno Fernandes. Oh, what a strike. What an unbelievable hit from Bruno Fernandes. Shaw. Into Ronaldo. what's good people welcome to another episode of the la carrington podcast we are back we had a bit of a hiatus but that's because i was busy but never too busy to do this podcast anyway joining me today we have the one and only Yes, like Reeves, man like Keanu, how are you saying, bro? Sorry, I, I actually do show. I know he's the homie, my BCOM's homie. Some may know him as the social media content manager at FIFA. Yes, the FIFA. We, we got some we got some important people up in here, bro. I said the only important people on the podcast, but Keanu, thanks for joining me, bro. Hey, listen, everybody has to understand that Tony has very important friends. So <laughs> that's, that's why he's able, to, he's able to stack the podcast. Oh, man, stop it. Stop it. Stuff it. I'm just, bro. I'm trying to be like you. I, I, I ain't got no. Actually, no. I, you know, because of you, I can say I have friends in FIFA now. That's how crazy it is. That's how crazy yeah. life is. Listen, I'm trying to be. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm everybody's one, I'll be the one. It is what you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? That's how you go there, bro. But uh, listen, we're here to chop up some United. And I was literally telling you off air, like all my United friends, like I kind of know where they stand because of the way they tweet and run. But with you, bro, I haven't spoken United with you in a minute. So I thought, you know what, let me quickly jump you on the pod. We um, played our last game of the MU Tour in Australia in Perth. We drew uh, 2-2 with Aston Villa. We were 2-0 up and conceded a literal 90-second minute equaliser. Um, yeah, going off... Going off this tour, because we'll, there's so many things to talk about, but going off the preseason so far, who have been your standout players of preseason? Who are you looking forward to watching the most coming into the season? I feel like I, I'm. I think it's the, always the players that I, I, I feel like I like to watch anyway. Like I think Sancho is probably just the clear number one, but. You know, obviously everybody wanted to rub Sancho out from from last year. Um, obviously he didn't have at the year that we all would have wanted him to have, but. You know, coming into the team with so much like dysfunction and disarray, for him to even be able to perform at the way he was able to, was um, fortunate for us. And now to see him the way he's flourishing under Ten Hag so far, obviously, again, we say this all under preface because it's preseason, but um, it's looking good for him right now. Like, I mean, I can't, I can't really complain to be honest. Like, Sancho has been doing what the things that we've expected him to do, the things that we mm-hmm. signed him for, so. 
Sancho definitely is is number one. Um, I w- I had a, a I like the look of Malasia from from these last few games. I think he definitely gives us something different to um, what Shaw provides us. I think it's I think they are both quite close. Uh, funny enough, but I think Malasia has different aspects of his game which he's much stronger at than than sure is and i think it'll be interesting to see whenever he gets the run of speed in the in the premier league um like the style of pace in the premier league um i think it'll be quite interesting um and him going forward in terms of being an attacking fullback um and then i feel like there's one more guy but i feel like it's we can't say it because we both rubbed him out like for a few years ago and we was both like we both had high stocks in this guy and I saw. Then, I, I mean, I sold my stocks, bro. I sold. Yeah, them. yeah man, bro. the stocks were sold. Like, it's hard to even say. Like, considering where he went, like he came in and did all the things to do, and then he just got like everything since then was just downhill. And then obviously we sent him on loan, and now he's come back, and he's looking like he's about it again. But it's it's Tony, mate. It's Tony, like. I, I couldn't believe I can't believe the stuff I've been seeing so far like he looks like he looks at like the players that we just signed mm. um like he's doing all of the things that we we signed him for and all of the things that we loved him for when he initially came to the club and I just hope that it's something that can be continued going into the season like obviously we've been we've it's got it's good to obviously play I think the thing I like um about preseason when we play Premier League teams because obviously even though it's still not that's not the quality that we're going to get when the season starts but you still you're playing up against players that you're going to see at some point in the season yeah so for him to be playing the way that he's played against Palace and the way he played against Liverpool I've I've enjoyed what I've seen so I just hope it continues when it comes August mm. No, I agree with you, bro. Like as I said, I'm not investing into my martial stocks because I, I don't want to jump in the bandwagon, and I yeah. had sold my stocks. But you know me; he, he still plays for my club, so if he if he bangs, I will be happy. Um, going into this game, so for the the way we've set up on the ten hog in the first half, we kind of play like a four three three, right? With Fred uh, McTom was had a little niggle, so he didn't play today. So Van der Beek played in the eight role with uh, Fernandez, and Fred was our defensive midfielder in a, in a sense now fred hasn't had a bad preseason. to be fair i'm not yeah. glad to you he hasn't he hasn't been being bad in that role but that is not his role in regards to i know we've been linked with his brother since like it feels like forever frankie de Jong, and he was even mentioning the other day that he wants to sign someone like frankie right that role that fred was doing he wants to sign someone in that role so i'm guessing he wants frankie in that role that means Frankie will play as a lone six. Do you feel like that will work in the Premier League? Because I feel like the way we're playing at the moment, we we do need a six, right? And I feel like if Frankie plays that role, I wouldn't mind seeing it. But I just think defensively, counter-attacking, or is it just we, we start playing total football and hope for the best? I think it's tough to say because you look at all of the like the top three teams. I mean, if I, if I, I mean, personally, in my, in my, in my thoughts, the top three teams in the, in, in the Prem right now is, is City, Liverpool and Chelsea. Um, they both, all three of those teams are double, double pivot teams. They all run that, like, obviously now with, with City, you've got Rodri and Calvin Phillips, which is just completely unfair. Like, it's just so unfair that you have two of the best 
double pivot players in in that defensive mid role in the same team at the same time like it's just unfair and then we've seen you've got with like Kovacic and, and and Jorginho there and Liverpool you've got Fabinho and Henderson I think I think it, it can work like we'd have to get to that point where we're really just smashing teams like three or four with by three or four goals for it to mm. be a point where it doesn't even matter that you're running a single single defensive mid and you know like the whole thing with Frankie is like I would obviously everybody would love for him to come it's just you don't we don't really know what is what's real and what's smoke and mirrors at this current point in time. I mean I would like to think like Ten Hag knows something that we don't, which obviously is which is evident. Um considering it's a thing of like we've been told that he continuously is speaking to him. So I don't know whether it really is just a disparity of he wants to get his money from Barca or he just doesn't want to play for United. I don't know which one is which. I don't know if both is true. Um but I think it could I definitely think it could work like Obviously, having somebody else in that in that role would be fantastic. I mean, I think if you know, even like Martinez is somebody who could potentially step in step into that role. I would I would wouldn't mind seeing it. Like, if we're not gonna if because obviously we didn't spend all this money for him to sit on the bench. It would be if it's the experiment is to run him in 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 CDM alongside Frankie if we was to get him. I'd be interested to see how that works because I think it's something that could potentially work. Um, obviously we see what. Um, Ten Hag is trying to do. He really is trying to make us like Manchester United, Manchester Ajax. So, mm. but I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Um, so far, what is what we've been seeing, like the good glimpses of what we've seen, has been extremely positive and different to what we've done over the last like couple of managers and seasons. So, I think I think it could work. I think if you're trying, if we again, if we're trying to smash teams, then I'd say go for it. Like we've got. We're on on our day. We've got really, really good, like a really, really good front three um, with Sancho, Martial, and, and and Rashford. If they if they turn up, so as long as we've got good midfielders to support someone like Frankie, if he was to come, I think that's really what would be the important thing. Like McTominay, he, he can't be here next season. It's impossible. Like I think the thing that really tipped it over the edge. Like I wasn't even like. I think I, I think I mentioned this to you before we even started. Like a, a lot of time, I've not really spoken about United for a long time, like on any any platform. Um, and I think like I kind of just let things go, like let things run with United how they wanted to run. And I was really not really thinking about it. And it's like, oh yeah, preseason came up, and then okay, so watch some of the games, see the highlights. I think the ring that thing that really tipped over the edge for me, or the thing that brought me back to like not really liking McTominay, is that clip that's going around of him trying to do that around. Oh, and, 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 oh, and oh. yeah, like <laughs> I think, Stinky, bro. Yeah, it's it stinks, man. It stinks, and I just think I've in my entire life, like the thing that's the first thing you do. When you get announced at a club, they send you out on the pitch, you do kick-ups, you do skills, you do whatever you can with the ball. I've never in my entire life seen a player try doing around the world and have to use their hands. As a professional really? footballer, do you know what I mean? it stinks. Like we can like and like we like you said before, Fred has been fan, has been not fantastic, I'm not gonna go that far, but Fred has been seemed like a much different player to what we'd seen from him over the last like few seasons we've he's been here so hopefully that kind of improvement continues but we have to kind of almost remove like the the fred part from the mcfred slander bit yeah yeah 100%. because 
McTominay is just somebody that we can't have going forward. It's just impossible. Like if if we have some, if we was to get Frankie and then we have someone like Fred and then you signed another centre mid to go in there, I think that can work. I definitely think that could work. But I think it would have to be somebody who is of box to box like defensive, but also like yeah, box to box, but also a defensive minded player to to potentially whether it's someone who can sit back inside with Frankie if he was to come again but yeah. also can push forward and create that opening part, that like through pass through to our forwards. Mm. No, I totally agree, man. Like, as I said, you, you you know me where I think of McMuffin, bro. I don't want him anywhere near my club. But I'm looking at Man United now. The way we kind of set up in possession is in like a 2-3-5, which is what City and Liverpool do when they when you want to dominate, right? So you have your two centre-backs and you have your wall-back, your uh, full-backs pushed up, your DM there, and then your two mids and then your front three, right? So I'm thinking in that role, in the three, it will be, let's say, either Malassia, Shaw, Dallo or Laird or definitely not AWB. But in that DM role, it will probably be either Fred or Frankie, right? Looking at the two eights roles, let's say if we need four eights right now, would you say... Bruno will be in there, Van der Beek, Christian Eriksen, who's now going to probably join within our next game. Who would you want that last eight to be? You've got a, you've got a list of, let's say, McTominay, Hannibal, if he goes on loan. I think he might be going on loan to, um, to a championship club. Jimmy Garner, if he goes back to Nottingham Forest. Um, who would you want that other eight to be? Because we do need a squad, and Ten Hag did say we need a squad. Who would you want someone to come in and to fill in that role? I mean... I think like any of those players. I mean, I think even somebody like, um, like even someone like like Zidane, like mm. if he could even potentially sit in there as well. Like the first game that that first game preseason, like he came on, and we was running Hannibal and Zidane in the midfield, and it looked automatically better than what we had seen for like the whole. <laughs> it was of crazy, isn't it? It looked technically yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's and I think that's the good thing about what Ten Hag is doing. Like Ten Hag has realized like there is not a lot of technical ballers in this squad mm. and we need people who are good on the ball, good with their feet, but also good with their brains. Like we don't have a lot of people who are like that in the squad. Mm. Um, so yeah, like obviously, I'm, I mean, obviously signing Christian Eriksen at the age that we're signing him is obviously it doesn't look as amazing, but we're aware of the type of ability that Christian Eriksen has. If he was like five or six years younger, this would have been fantastic. Um, and it's still going to be a good signing. I just hope. I just hope it's not a, a Juan Mata thing, yeah. where he's kind of just come in and just like he's got legs for about thirty, forty minutes, and then that's it, that's it. Um, but yeah, I think um, I feel like I want to say that last eight. It's, it's a tough one because it's really like picking your worst child, your worst favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's not loads of options. Like I would really much rather we just go into the window and try something else. Yeah. As opposed to like having to rely on that because we've seen what Bruno does at times. Like he's gonna think now that he's got the number eight shirt, he's gonna do it in absolute madness. And even this preseason, he's not even done that much either. So mm. it's kind of like okay, what much are we expect? How much more are we expecting from you? And then if Ericsson comes in and has a really good game, and it's kind of like okay, we're pressure now. And then. You've got McTominay there, who just who doesn't even deserve to be in the squad. Um, it's tough, man. It's tough. For, it's tough for us next year, man. It's tough. Oh, bro, that's, that's what I'm thinking. It's tough. 
But um, so going off to preseason and like the way we've been playing, it honestly seems like this is the first time players have been coached. <laughs> right. Oh, I've been saying, you, I've been saying, it's, yeah. I would have never guessed. Bro, it I is crazy. Never guessed. If you look at all their all their quotes that they're saying, like the Haya came out with an interview piece that we'll go on to later because he anyway. Uh but I've seen Luke Shaw say, I've seen Bruno Fernandez say, I've seen Diego Dallo play. All of these players are saying, Oh, we now have clear instructions of what we of what we're supposed to do on the pitch and in possession, off possession, blah, 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 blah. So I'm thinking we've seen these players somehow make second in the Premier League. Now, I'm not saying we were the second best team in the Premier League at the time, but at that moment, we were, there, bro, there was a time less than two years ago that we were top yeah. three points ahead and we went to Anfield, top three points ahead. Do you know what, do you know what I mean? So, like, like, I don't expect last year to happen. So thinking that, now that we have a good manager and Ten Hag and some of these players are seen to be firing, and we're adding to the squad. What do you think our expectations for for the season? Because at first, I thought before I watched Ten Hag play and what he was trying to do, I thought, you know what, I doubt we're going to make top four. But I'm looking at it now. I'm thinking with the players we have, we should be making top four. Whether Tottenham, Arsenal are doing bits, like we should still be going up against the, at least Tottenham and Arsenal, maybe not Chelsea, but at least Tottenham and Arsenal. Thinking that we now have a good manager with these players before, we shouldn't be fearing you. So where do you think our expectations what do you think our expectations are for this season? You know, so going back going back to the Ten Hag thing, um, like and what what I'm about to say, I just hope people don't take it too far because I don't it's not it's definitely it's like almost certainly nowhere near to the extent of what I'm about to say, like or the comparison I'm about to make. But I liken it similarly to when Tuchel came to Chelsea in the sense We're going to the Champions League, bless. Wait, no, but wait, 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 we must relax, man. No, wait, is this, in the sense of, like, we have somebody, like, um, obviously, the last manager was Ranić. Ranić is, oh, my latch came on like that, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, so somebody, like, um, thinking back to, like, Solskjaer, and then coming to having a manager like like Ten Hag with Chelsea, their situation was they had Frank Lampard. Mm. Obviously, we know Frank Lampard can't coach. It's quite mm. evident he can't coach for that. But we always knew that Chelsea, the quality of the Chelsea of the, the quality of the Chelsea yeah, squad good. was was extremely high, and yeah. the the ceiling of what they could have achieved was quite literally what they went on to go and do. So having somebody like Tuchel come in being like extreme like just being a really really experienced and good coach and knowing what he will want from his players the vision that he type of has of how he wants them to play and what he wants them to go out there and to do they went out there they heard it they probably felt the same way in the sense of like we're being coached so we know what we want to do we know what our roles are and we went and they went out there and they did it like they went and won the league they won not the league they won won the champions league and now they're just uh, they became a really really strong and solid team towards the second half of that season and and when they came with, finished with the full season like it was that you could clearly see what Tuchel wanted to do and he in, totally like implemented that 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 playing style. Similar now with Man United again it's not to that extent, but in the sense of we have loads of quality like in terms of like the teams the teams that are in the top six it's not 
unfair to say that the quality that Man United has in the squad should be performing because they they should be. And yeah. it's also fair unfair. It's not also not unfair to say that the quality that we have in the squad is can potentially go up against at least maybe two or three of those teams that are in the top six. Mm. So they should be performing and that's ultimately why Man United not doing what they were supposed to do and how they performed last season was a disappointment. Like it was a massive disappointment. So having someone like Ten Hag come in, understanding the way he wants to play and what he wants to do when they go out onto the pitch. Like the thing we always hearing him talk about is focus. Focus obviously will go to what happened in the game, the game, the Aston Villa game, but like, that matter of focus, like remaining focused for the whole 90 minutes, not until the final whistle is done, like, because you can see what can happen. Having somebody like that is almost perfect when you have the quality of squad already. So obviously it's United. I don't want to, I always say, I always literally, every time I come I talk about United, I always say it's the hope that kills you. So yeah. I'm not going to let hope kill me again so whatever happens this season is what happens in terms of expectations i think there's still a lot of things wrong with united that's not just on that's not just played on the pitch which mm. isn't going to be resolved just this season um i think i still want to say yes theoretically yes we should be competing for top 4 do i think we're going to no I think it's still a top six battle, in my personal opinion. But then, in the sense of if, like, if I was to go, like, if I was to look really uber into it, into the comparison I made earlier, yeah, for sure we could make the top four. Like, we've got if if Ten Hag really gets the players that he wants and everything gels the exact way that it's supposed to gel, and we're playing real Ten Hag football, for sure we can make top four. Like. We should be we should easily be getting past um we should easily be getting past Tottenham we should easily be getting past Arsenal, um for those top four spots like and I guess even now throwing kind of throwing West Ham into that as well like we should easily be getting past these those teams to be getting into top four because our squads are our squads are like way better than theirs, mm-hmm. um but it's just a matter of if that's something that everything can come together for Ten Hag. Mm. I agree. So, Ten Hag said he wants to, he still wants that, let's say, connector. That's why he used the words connector role. He said he still wants an attacker as well that he's really adamant on. I think we're, I'm seeing links with that Anthony Yu from Ajax. What do you think about him? Do you feel like he's the attacker we need? Because we're now seeing Sancho on the right, who is performing, right? And we all know that we need to just sort out that right wing. So, is Anthony the right option? Should we be paying for? 60 something mil that they want considering if we pay 60 something mil for someone he has to start i don't know you know i'll be perfectly honest like i think i saw a tweet the other day um from anita shout out anita and gold diggers the gold diggers podcast but she sent out i think she quote tweeted the like an anti-video the one where he just the spin video yeah, yeah and then she must have said like that spin technique ain't gonna work in the premier way and I couldn't stop laughing because <laughs> I'm thinking like he's gonna try it. Game, he will try it game one, and it will just get clattered, and it just will. And at that point, the whole season is just dead. His whole season is just dead. Like at that point, because you know one of them man like Ben Mee is just gonna come and clatter him mm. straight. And I just, I mean, yeah, like I think he he's a good in order, he's a good talent. Like he, it definitely is something that could work. I think there's. I, I do think it is 
kind of funny that we are still going like obviously yeah it's players that ten hog knows and knows that are going to perform i do would like to, i would like to see us venture out a little bit more into the market in other places because i think there are a lot of good talents elsewhere and there are some deals that we are because we are i guess in a way we're also kind of tunnel visual and trying to get trying to sort this frankie de Jong deal out the way that mm. we're kind of just not venturing out into other places where we could be but I think if if Frankie de Jong, if the deal doesn't be isn't done by, like we're we're almost in August now. Like I think mm. if the first week of August this deal isn't over the line, then or there's it's still kind of at a standstill. I think you kind of just move on and you find somebody else. Like um, obviously, yeah, there's loads of other players that were available earlier in the season when stuff was going on, but a lot of them also just didn't want to come. Like I saw the Calvin Phillips stuff the other day. Um, when the when the deal got announced, I was like, I feel like we could have got that. Like mm. that felt like a deal that we could have got. And, and then got, he, yeah, yeah. And then he came out and just said, yeah, like I've, I came from Leeds. Like this is something that could have never happened. I'm just like, okay, fair. Like you you can just rule that one out because it just was never going to happen. But I just felt we could have done that regardless. But um, yeah, Anthony, um, it's interesting. Yeah, we'll 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 have to see. I think it could work. Um, I am scared about if he try, if he does come in and he try, tries that fit that, that spin move and he just gets clattered, then I'm just gonna always have that in my mind like it's just not gonna work anymore. But yeah. I think if I think if uh, I do definitely think we need a striker, if anything more than maybe even a right winger because I think if if we're seeing Sancho more on the right and obviously we still do know that even though he might not want to, we still know that Tony can play on the left. Um, and he can kind of give us something and we can switch it up between Marcus and... Because I think Marcus needs to find his feet this year as well, especially because... Yeah. I mean, he, he needs to find a position and just stick to it. Yeah, he did. More, yeah, more importantly, he needs to find a position. Um, and yeah, ultimately stick with it because none of us... Nobody seems to know what he is. And it, in a sad way, it also kind of seems like he doesn't even know himself. Um, so that would be good to know. Like if we have to switch it i think whichever one he decides decides he wants to be the other the opposite is what we need to buy in real in, in real in if in being in reality anyway all right now i want to uh, read some quotes from david de gea yesterday he came out there's a lot in the papers and he came out on the athletic talking about saying saying that yeah blah blah, blah we want to push forward there are many uh, teams in a good level just the beginning i hope we start like everyone seems optimistic you were saying it's been a long time in this club it feels like my home i love this club he was talking about that he wants to be here but then also he was being quite honest and saying that like i've been player of the player of the league four years running and like this shouldn't be this shouldn't be a thing for uh player of the, player of the team um is it not player of the team what's it what's it called player of the season sorry Play of the season, four years running, and so he's he's saying like, oh, I should be in, in the midfielders or attackers. Now, granted, I feel like we've created this monster called David De Gea, right? Because we need to, yes, when we were bad for the past how many years, and he was saving us week in week out, he was undeniably the best keeper in the world. But the goalkeeping role has kind of changed. Like in in the way you play at the back, you need to be good with your feet. And it's got to a stage where David De Gea is not good with his feet, so much so that he's out of the Spain squad now. 
and people like David Raya are getting called up. Now, if it's shot stopping, I'm not going to probably have David Raya over the hair. I don't think even, or Unai Simon, for example, I won't have these yeah. men. But he hasn't adapted to the new way it's played. And now the way Ten Hag wants to play, he's not really up for that. There was a game when we played, uh, who did we play just before? It was Palace. We were three one up. David just there's two easy options. He just kicks it out of play, and and you hear Ten Hag screaming, "David, what the f are you doing?" Do you know what I mean? So he can see that that's not the way Ten Hag wants to play. Now, what is this? What do we do with De Gea? Because this, he's got a year left now, or officially like eleven months, right? So he's going to be playing for a contract season. He's already the highest paid keeper in the world, so he's going to want more than for what he is. And today showed that. He, he still has the same things, even though he's probably training. I know Eric Ramsey is part of the coaching staff now. Ten Hag is obviously got his coaches and want his coaches to teach him a certain way, but he's still not coming off his line. The same things that he's been that he's been doing for ages. Because I I noticed last year we conceded goals like that, or two years ago we conceded goals like that in Southampton away, in which people will just put set pieces in right into the right into the six yard box because they know David Hay is not going to get there. And it's just a goal mouth scramble. And the same thing happened today. You whip it in right to the six yard ball. You put someone in the hail and we can see. So what do we need to do with the hail? Do we need to start looking elsewhere? Is this whole loan with Dean Henderson like one more year to get him in? What do you think Man United need to do with their goalkeeping situation in the future? I think I think Man United are in like literally as you said, the David De Gea dilemma is exactly what has been created. I personally think, considering it's his lot, he's got eleven months on this contract. I'd like to believe this is his last year at Manchester United. That's what I think it is. I think being in a situation where David, like Ten Hag, has a style of play he wants to do, David De Gea clearly sees he's not about it. So this year it's going to be a thing of. I'll, 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 the question almost is in the sense of what is going to cost us more points this year? Is it going to be our centre-backs or is it going to be David De Gea? Mm. And I think it's, it's, it's almost even hard to answer the question because if we really do adapt this style of play and it becomes our identity and David De Gea is not a part of it, then when we get to a point where the ball gets is getting pinged around in the midfield and it comes back to our centre-backs and then it finds its way back to De Gea and this ball gets kicked out of play, everybody is automatically just going to be turning around and be looking like, yeah. like what are you doing? Like, like, what's going on? We're all running back now and now it's a goal from the corner when we could have easily just kept pinging it around. I think, yeah, I think this year is his last year. Um, I can't see us giving him another contract. Um, I think Man United should have, like, I think... I think it's a th there's something to be said about players who have been here since Alex Ferguson has been here. Um, De Gea, I know, is one of them, and Phil Jones is the other. I mean, yeah. obviously, Phil Jones only came in last year because he just got back fit, and we really had like no centre backs to play. But obviously, like we all want obviously being in respectfully in the nicest way possible we don't want phil jones at the club anymore like we would love for him to come off the books um and i just think david hair is going to be the next one to be honest i think ten Hag has probably identified that it's a shame that 
in a way Dean Henderson is kind of what is kind of what Ten Hag might want, but he's just not there when it comes to being that all around goalkeeper when mm. it comes to shop stopping and sometimes even distribution. Like don't get me wrong, his distribution is much better and he's much more commun like much more talkative than De Gea is on the pitch, but there's just something about Henderson that's just that's just not there yet for him. Um and it's just not number one shirt for Manchester United worthy, yeah. in my opinion. Um I mean I think I mean interestingly enough, um like, you know, there's news about Kilo Navas being a bit like disgruntled at, at PSG right now. I think if that's something to look at, you could have a look at it in just maybe inquire about his his you know, put a feeler out, see how he might feel about it because mm. like Kilo Navas is still like regardless of being the number two for PSG, he's still one of the best like top ten goalkeepers in the world right now still. Yeah. So I would definitely take um Navas um if he beca- if he was to become available. Um I'll I'll be honest in saying that there's not other than that, there's probably not not much other goalkeepers that I'd be aware of that you could come and say like, yeah, we let's bring them in which also is another part of the dilemma because when there's just nothing else on the market, like you're just going to stay with all you, what you know. Um, so hopefully in 12, in 11 months, it was some, the, the landscape is something different. Um, there's much more keepers on available, but yeah, I think this year is probably the last year we see of David Hayer at Man United, in my opinion. Yeah, no, bro. I low key, I low key agree with you. I wouldn't renew his contract because unless he has a miraculous turnaround in which, because bro, right now he's not going to the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. Right now he's he's not going to the World Cup. So if he doesn't buck up his ideas and start getting into the ways of modern football, he's not. And going he to has to. World. He should. He he should know that though. Like yeah. playing playing for playing at the World Cup is one of the biggest things you could do as a player, and like for it to be like two tournaments in a row now that you've not gone. Mm. Um, as a keeper as well yeah like and for Spain as of all countries for Spain mm. like considering there was, you were supposed to be even the time when you were supposed to be the best goalkeeper in the country you were still Spain's second goalkeeper second keeper, yeah like you have to understand that this is like you're moving like a dinosaur now in the in the sense of being at this club and in the sense of your playing style, like it, you have to be, you have to recognize that you have to make a change, and mm-hmm. it almost even makes you wonder, like, what would have happened if we did sell? What would happen if that fax went through? Like, I know, right? What yeah. would have what, happened? Word to what if in Marvel, bruv? Nah, like, what if? What if, man? No, yeah, but man. I don't know. So, okay, so we've got three signings. So let's say we get a couple more signings in this game, another midfielder, another attacker. You say we got to fight for top four. Where do you see the ceiling with Ten Hag? I know it's very early and I know it's kind of a far-fetched thing, but I feel like with the way we're playing, and I know it's only pre-season, but I see what he's trying to do. And I'm not saying it's not, Rome wasn't built in a day, but I can clearly see what this guy's trying to do. I feel like he can take us back to the top. And I know that's really optimistic, and I know I'm not saying we're going to be on City or Liverpool's level anytime soon, but do you finally feel like Man United have their have their man for the next couple of years at least, where you feel like we're going to let this project ride? Or do you think we don't have a choice? 
I think I just you know is that's the that's this is the reason why I don't let the hope kill me because with United it's just like I never know what is real or not. I never mm. know what I'm supposed to believe in. And it obviously it's it's very sad. Like it's very sad to say that as a fan. Like you don't know what to believe in with your own club. Like you don't know what what United is supposed to turn up is a question that we've been asking ourselves for like the last five years. And then you have someone like Oli come in. Again, all the conversations we have we we this early on in the season, we see what he's trying to do. He's trying to bring the United way back. United. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's, he's, he, he, was, he was a part of the club. Listen, you have to understand everything about Man United from the people that are on the pitch to everybody that's upstairs. It's a toxic environment. Yeah. And you have to whittle out all of the things that are a part of that environment. So whenever they would be like, oh, we want X players to come in. It's just like, no, because you was part of it. You even regardless, of, but the only thing that disguises it is that you lot was winning. You yeah. lot had you lot had trophies. You lot have medals that you can show for it. Right now, we ain't got medals. We ain't got trophies. We ain't even competing. So, like now is almost. I mean, yeah. Obviously, Ralph was probably the first part where it was just like somebody who is not a part of the club is here, but he still had members of the old coaching staff because he wasn't able to get everybody that he wanted. This is probably like one of the first real times where we've brought somebody in who is just completely absent of anything Manchester United. Like the yeah. only thing that... Yeah, but then there's obviously that's, that's one small thing is just like knowing that you can we can see Ten Hag on our screen, but then if we look to the right, we're going to see Steve McLaren there. So mm. it's just like... Okay, but you wanted him there, so I'll ride with you because you wanted yeah, him that, there. Steve McCarran is my guy, man. Not because, not, not because I, because of, of work, but one thing I will run out with Steve McCarran is that he's worked with Ten Hag before, right? Yeah, and he worked with Ten Hag at FC Twenty, and so that's why like, I get what you mean. At first, I was quite reluctant, but if Ten Hag, it's got to a stage now. I don't trust anything that Man United do. So if Ten Hag wanted him, I trust Ten Hag, right? And yeah, that's that's, that's it, that's it, and like yeah, with um, when it comes to expectation and and how to feel like in terms of what Ten Hag could do, like yeah, I think I think the thing that like the thing that almost really really got me, I think the quote one of the quotes that he had in one of the first um one of his first um pressers, it was like. Or it was a, a paraphrase of this. It was just like when asking about Liverpool and City and all them. Oh, the eras like, have to eras yeah, eras yeah, have yeah, to yeah. end. I was like, oh, yeah, is it okay? Because you know what, no, but not man, not a lot of managers would say things like that. It's true. And th- and them type of things there, it's like okay, you know, it's literally like he's got that dog in him. He's got that that's dog expensive. in him. Yeah, you know I mean, I, I need that. Could you X-ray, bro? He's got that yeah, dog. Yeah, he's got that dog in it, and I was I was just like, okay, that's interesting it's not like so it's really like a, it, I, but in his i know in his head he meant i'm not i've not come here to play ball with you lot mm. i've not come here to to sit to do pedestrian things with you like i'm really here to to win and to make a change so i think he generally wants to make it and and so far it seems as if he is almost being given the tools to do so i think it'll be interesting to see in a few windows how things go for him like especially how he'll react to wherever Man United are this season and 
where how, how well wherever we are in in November and December and how it affects our tra- our transfer window in January because mm. I'm definitely sure if there's players that he goes for now that he doesn't get because it was just a matter of timing he's definitely dipping straight back in in January, January yeah. to go and get them so in the sense of being optimistic I agree with you like you can see the vision of how he wants to play he wants his team to play and he's slowly getting the players that he wants to build his vision. And for sure, yeah, we could, if the quality shines through, if the quality that we already had begins to shine through along with, as while it complements what Ten Hag wants to do, I agree. The, the sky is the limit. Like mm. top four, I think it top four will be back for sure. But just the fan in me that is just that just knows that I've been burned too many times by what this football club can how make me feel and what I want them to do. I'm still saying like there's still so much that needs to be done and like top six is going to be like if if anybody asked me my predictions from up till now to the season, I'm throwing out six like casual like I'll I'm Drake from now on. I'm throwing up the six. So he's throwing up the six for I'm throwing every up the prediction. Six throwing up the six for every prediction because at the end of the day, I'm just gonna I'm really just gonna lowball United like because yeah. they've they low they've lowballed me. They lowballed me so for years, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna lowball them. I'm just gonna lowball them. I'll be like, you are gonna finish six, maybe seventh. No, I t- I totally hear it, bro. I totally hear it. All right, we, let's let, let's wrap up this episode here. Bro, at the end of the episode, I always let my guests shout out anything they're doing. So the floor is yours. I listen, it's 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 always only ever shout outs to the Mandem and the Galdem that are doing their thing um in the YouTube world because I always love watching. I'm always love being involved. My phone is my phone is 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 ready and available whenever anybody wants to call me back because nobody wants to call me it's literally like i've got my job <laughs> and no one wants to call me anymore like listen guys I, I i'm available most evenings most evenings sometimes i'm not but most evenings i'm available but yeah big up to everybody big up to the zone always big up to tony big up to everybody that's involved and just love everywhere and and to everybody thank you bro and thank you for listening or watching another episode of the La Carrington podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe, hit that like, all of that, all of that. And if you're listening to Spotify on Spotify or any of your podcast providers, until next time, people.
fat and lose your legs. I walk around, gun on my waist, chip on my shoulder, top, bust a clip in your face. Post to this beef ain't no many men, many, 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 many men. Wish death upon me, Lord. I don't cry no more. Don't look to the sky no more. Have mercy on me, have mercy on my soul. Somewhere my heart turned cold. Have mercy on many men. Many, 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 many men Wish death so on me wouldn't be special if it wasn't for rain Joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain Death gotta be easy, cause life is hard Bitterly and physically, mentally and emotionally scarred This is for my niggas on the block, to some treatments to God